much and happy anniversary to Neil and Sherry. What an awesome testimony of 40 years, 40 years. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do, devices, whatever it might be, I pray that you'll open up to 1 Peter. Uh, chapter 1 will be in 6 through 9, as Avery just read. That's 6 through 9. But a couple of questions. There are some words that sometimes just don't go together. There's some words that just don't go together that make you puzzle and go, how did that, that seems like an oxymoron there. Words like hospital food. They don't really go together. How about, how about this one? How about... Um, pretty ugly. Because they just simply just don't go together. How about Microsoft Works? Okay, Apple. Apple. Okay. How about um, how about another one where I am so perplexed? This is more or less a statement, but it's a statement by someone that maybe you have heard before in a movie when he said, "Luke, I am your father." How is that supposed to happen? that Luke Skywalker, his dad is Darth Vader. I was, isn't, that, isn't that right? Did I, did I miss up my, my Star Wars? Now to me, to me that, that, is, that is really, really unique. How do they go together? How do they work together? Well, in our text this morning, there's two words that just seem like they're enemies of each other and that they war against each other. One of the words is rejoice, which is in the first four words of the text in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. And then there's also a word, it's called grieve. So you're, you're sitting there and you're wondering, well, which, which is it? Is it rejoice or is it grieve? Now, now, before we get there and sort of unpack that a little bit, let's sort of jump into um, what we learned last week to sort of help us because the topic of trials is really uh, continuing because we know what's going on. The church has been scattered all over the place. And they're encountering some really, really tough persecution. Peter is really aware of what's going on. He knows that they're being persecuted. And last week we asked the question, which I hope you have time to talk about. We asked the question, how can you grow in a trial and not grumble through a trial? How can you grow in a trial and not grumble through a trial? Peter, I feel like, answered that question by not addressing the trials, but by addressing their salvation and saying that it's a beautiful, beautiful, it's a, it's a living hope, a beautiful inheritance, and it's secured by God's power. That's how he answered the question. He didn't address necessarily the trials. He addressed their salvation and wanted to uh, direct their attention to the greatest thing that's ever happened, the greatest act that's ever happened, and that is securing our salvation. And that's where he went last week. But then this week, we, we jump in, and the first four words of the text, as I said a minute ago, it says, in this you rejoice. So last week he talked about that salvation. It's a living hope, it's a beautiful inheritance, and it's secured by God's power. And that's how we can go through a trial and grow in it and not necessarily grumble through it. Then he comes and he says, hey, in this you rejoice. So he's telling them right off the bat, I want you to rejoice and what we talked about just a minute ago. That salvation, it is something that you can celebrate. It is something that you can praise and you can honor God because your salvation is true, it's real, and it's secure. The security of, of what's going on in this world is not going to give you security, but the, but the God in heaven who you place your faith in, he'll give us security. And then we jumped in and we're going, okay, so what is, what is our big idea for today? What is the big idea for us today? And here's what I want us to see, because Peter changes his course. He starts off with saying, I want you to rejoice. 
And then he changes gears a little bit and goes right into trials and helps us understand trials a little bit better so that we can have hope in the midst of a trial because God is in there with us. So the big idea is this. Trials are not meant to detract you from faith in Christ, but to refine your faith in Christ. Hopefully, if you're looking on the, on the Worship Center app that we have, that's, that should be in there. So trials are not meant to detract you from faith in Christ. Trials are meant to, but to refine your faith in Christ. And so here's what's going on as a, as a moment of testimony for, for me this weekend. I know that if I was to ask you, you probably have a couple of situations that maybe came your way that were difficult. Um, but on Wednesday, I put the outline together, and so here's the outline, and here's where we're going, and I'm trying to flesh out all of the details of the outline, and uh, the Rice family, we had a phone call. Um, so my brother is in Charlotte, my sister is in Charlotte, or in the Charlotte area, my parents are in Charlotte, and so on Wednesday, Wednesday of this week, as I'm writing this, trials are not meant to detract you from faith in Christ, but to refine your faith in Christ. And uh, the biopsy for my mother was positive for breast cancer. That was this week. So I remember saying with our family, wow, you know what? The 2020 year is not going to be a year of cancer because we have COVID. I remember saying that because in 16 and 17 and 18 and 19, our family was dealing with cancer. And now we're sitting there and we're going to embark on this journey again. Prognosis is, is, is good from what we know. But what I'm sitting here telling you right now is to identify, yes, trials are real. Trials are real. But the reality of our salvation is something to behold and hold on to. It is something that it's, it's, it's true, it's real, it's fixed. And of all the things that are changing, it's not going to change. And that's what Peter is trying to get them to hold on to. Now, to be honest with you, that's what I'm holding on to. I hope you are too. And so as we take a look, what do we learn about trials? I'm going to give you five of them, then we're going to break them down. Trials simply are short-lived. They are needed. They are painful. They are diverse. And they refine our faith. Trials are short-lived. They are needed. They are painful. They are diverse. And they refine our faith. And so let's go on to the text and take a look. So verse 6, this is where we find out that trials are short-lived. This is what it says. In this you rejoice. We already talked about that. That's the salvation talked about in 3 through 5. Then he says, in this you rejoice. Then he brings up the issue of trials and the persecution. He says, though now for a little while. So he makes a very strong statement, Peter does, over the length of the trials when you compare it to eternity. When you put up the comparison of your faith in Christ and eternity, and you compare that to the trial that we're walking through, there is no comparison. Because the Bible says that one day with you is like a thousand days elsewhere. And so he's telling us right now that it's short-lived. It's going to end. It has an extinction period, that trial that you're going through. It may be long in some cases. When we are on this earth, we see, hey, it might be long. But... In, in reality and in comparison to our salvation, it is not eternity. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. 
So first thing we learn is they're short-lived. Second thing we learn is that they're needed. In this, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary. So God is sovereign in our salvation, and he's also sovereign in our sufferings. Sometimes trials happen to, to help us um, learn about who he is. Maybe there's a lesson right now in humility that we don't know that a trial will be used by God to help us learn that lesson of humility. Maybe there's a blind spot of perseverance, of trust, that God uses a trial to help us sort of refine us through that. That's why we learned to pray last week where it says, Lord, please grow me through this trial. Help me to learn from it. Help me to grow in it. And that's what we do. So it can expose pride. It can expose a blind spot. It can teach us perseverance and a lot of things like that. At the end of the day, we know that the trial is to be used for God's glory, and that is beautiful. Another thing is trials are painful. Can everybody say amen? Are you with me? All right, home here at the, here at the land under the tent. Here we are. Trials are painful. So here's what we have. In this, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved. So there is, we start off with rejoice, and now we're at grieve. Well, which one is it? It's both and. It's both and. So grieve means to cause great sorrow. To cause great sorrow. Um, anguish that affects the body and the mind, physically, mentally, emotionally. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Hope you're encouraged by that, right? The trials you face hurt. They are terrible. And God knows that and God sees that. He understands. He sees. He is grieved with us. There's a quote for you. We believers see a design in all of it, all of the trials. And so we are to see a, to see a design in all of it. And so our root stays planted even though the branches thrash in the wind. And the leaves remain green and the fruit keeps growing because our roots go down by the stream of God's sovereign grace and we trust him for a good design. That's Psalm 1 and that's Jeremiah 17 if you want to reference that later today. But so, trials are painful. But don't forget that they're also short-lived. They're also short-lived. They also are diverse. It says in verse 6, In this you rejoice for now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved, and it says, by various trials. The word various means manifold or many-colored, means they come, to, they come in all shapes and sizes. Trials do. All shapes and sizes. And there is, there is not just one kind of trial that's in view here because it's God uses them, and there are many, many facets, many looks. And so then the next thing is they refine our faith. And so I love the first two words of verse 7. I really want you to camp out right there at verse, the first two words. I want you to circle those if you can. Verse 7 says this. Here's the reason for the trial. So that. So he said all of that. Hey, they're, they're, they're temporary. They're, they're short-lived. They're needed. They're painful. They're diverse. And, and they refine our faith. Here's what it says. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire. So a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I'm not even sure if this was even a COVID message or not, but we talked about in the book of James what the blacksmith would do with the metals that he would melt down to try to get the purest form of gold or the purest form of silver. 
And what the blacksmith would do is he would put all these metals into a boiling pot, heat the pot up, and then he would stir it. Then what would take place is all the impurities that are in the metal would rise to the top, and there would be this film over and he would scrape the top off and throw it off to the side. And he would stir again and the more impurities would rise and scrape that off. He would know that he was done when he would look at what he was boiling, the metal, the gold, the silver, whatever it would be. He would know that he was done and the impurities were out when he could see his reflection in what he was making. That is in essence what Christ uses trials to do to shape us, to mold us, so that when he sees us, literally, he sees his reflection in who we are. He sees his reflection in us. We are to be image bearers of the Most High King. That is why we're here. To be image bearers of him. And so, what do trials do? They're like the, the blacksmith who is taking care of that metal and getting all getting out of all the impurities. And then what's the result? So more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. So the script of Jesus uses trials to reveal our faith. Another thing he does, he gives us a beautiful vision, and this is in the second part of verse 7. Look at verse 7. It says, May be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. So here's what he's given us a picture for. When it's all said and done and you stand before Jesus, you stand before Jesus, what he is going to do is he is going to commend your faith. Now listen to me. That blows me away that Jesus would affirm my faith. And here's why he would do that. As he uses this, this refining process to reveal the genuineness of our faith so that when he looks at us, he sees himself and he praises our faith because our faith is firmly rooted in him so that when he sees us who does he see he sees himself he is the best thing that there is for us and so there's one day peter is like hey listen there's one day trials are going to be done trials are going to be over they're short-lived i know they're painful they reveal our faith they show our faith and I want to give you a vision of what's going to happen one day. You're going to stand before him, and he is going to praise and honor your faith because he sees himself as the center of our faith. What, what, a, what a beautiful vision. Then, then he comes down here, and he says in verse 8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's what he's given us another vision right now. So Peter's going into a personal testimony. He comes to him and he looks at him and he says, hey, listen, you've not seen him, but you love him. You do not see him, but you believe in him. Peter is sitting there and he's going, hey, guys, I've seen him. I've followed him. I saw the resurrected Christ. You have not, but you're still following him. And he's just encouraging them to say, hey, I, I saw him. You, you have not seen him, but you believe. You have not seen him, but you love him. You have not seen him, but you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. That word joy that is inexpressible, it means you're so overwhelmed, you don't have words to say. That happened to me this, this morning when I ran into Jimmy Hartsfield. 
Jimmy Hartsfield sitting over to my left. You can't see him if you're watching my streaming. But my man right now is in the fight of stage three colon cancer. And so when he came up, there was not many people here. And we sat right over here where the Amons are. We came over here and he sat here. And he looked at me and he says, Matt, I don't even have any words to say to you as the band was worshiping. I don't have any words. That's what Jesus is. That's what Peter's talking about right here. It's so good. Your salvation is so good. The trial is temporary. The trial hurts. But it has, it has a deadline. It will cease to exist. And then he looks at me and he says, hey, you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even have any words to say. And that was written all over Jimmy's face this morning. He said, Matt, you don't even have a clue how good it feels to be back here with you people. To worship him. Verse 9, here's where it all said and done. Persecution and trial and we're looking at uh, how do we teach kids in COVID and all of this stuff. And he says, hey, I want to wrap your arms around verse 9. I want you to look at the app, what, what, what you will receive. You don't know, but here's what you do know. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here it is. It's waiting for you. And if you have faith in Jesus one day, that full implementation of that gift of heaven and the full implementation of your salvation is yours. It says obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So once again, what does he do? He says, hey, listen, trials are not meant to detract you from faith in Christ. They are meant to refine your faith in Christ because the reward that is waiting for you is so good. And I don't want you to miss out on that reward. I don't want you to miss out on that hope. So we have hope in our salvation, and we can have hope in the trial. We can have that. It's available. And so what do we do? We, 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 we continue to, to look for ways. So how do we apply this? How do we apply this? Um, praise team, I'm getting ready to land the plane, so get ready, okay? Just want you to get ready, okay? So we're going to sit there and ask the question, how do we land, how do we, how do we apply what we've learned right now? I believe right now that there is a call for us to pray, that God would direct us to someone who is in the middle of the trial and that we might speak truth to them. And I'm going to ask you individually, everybody in here, to pray and to ask God to direct you to someone this week that is in the midst of a trial and you might speak truth to them. You might be able to hold them up through prayer. You might say a word of encouragement. You might give them a verse. Because what the body does is it stirs each other up to love and good deeds. We need biblical community, especially in the middle of trials, to remind us and so that we might remember that he is good, that there is no one like him, and our salvation is fixed and secure. In the midst of all the uncertainty, we can be certain about that. And I would ask you to pray that prayer. God, please direct me through the power of your spirit to someone this week that needs to be encouraged. And Lord, would you even give me the words to say to them? I, I would even encourage you to be thankful that God can redeem trials and hardships in your life. Because you know he has and you know he will because that's who he is. So I would encourage you to be thankful to God about that. 
And also, I would ask you to allow God to use your trial, your trial, for his glory. Let us stop talking to God about how big our trial is. And let's declare to God how good and how big he is. Yes, he wants to know our heart. And yes, he wants to know what we are. But let's spend a balanced amount of time. That yes, he wants to hear where our hearts are. Psalm 13 is very clear about that. Why, God, have you forgot about me? But let's make sure that we allow God to use this trial to shape us, to refine us for his glory. And may we walk this week with our shoulders back and our heads up for the glory of King Jesus, knowing, knowing that he is sovereign in all things, that he is in control of all things. I love you guys. It's an awesome privilege to be able to stand on this property and preach and talk. Next week, again, we'll be live streaming just here on land, and then on the 13th, we'll be back together again, going through, continuing with First uh, Peter. I want to go ahead want to pray for us right now. I want to ask the worship team to go ahead and come up. I want us to remember. I'm not sure if that's the wind of me. Um, I want to go ahead to, I want to go ahead and pray for us as the worship team gets ready to lead us in singing and help us to remember everything we can about Jesus through the midst of just different trials that we all face. God, I love you. And I thank you for this group that's here today. I thank you for the privilege that we have to praise your name, to worship you, to speak about you. We need Christian community, especially in this moment. We need you every day. But we need you right now. We desperately need you right now to, to because we're so good at forgetting. We're so good at forgetting that you don't see us, that, that maybe you forgot about us, or, or we have these, these blind spots that are just simply not true. And we recognize, Lord, that our salvation is fixed, our hope is fixed in you. And so in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on, help us to allow these trials not to distract us from you, but help them to refine us so that one day we can stand there and we can obtain what is waiting for us. We can hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not because you see us, but because you see us, we, you see yourself at the center of our faith. And that's where we want you to be.